Hello, everyone. So today we've got a special guest on. Uh, we're having Kathy Flett of the Wild Rose uh, Independence Party of Alberta. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's going to kind of discuss a little bit about what it's like being a Christian in politics. And we're just going to explore her testimony and uh, just have a casual conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, Kathy, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Uh, who are you? Who am I? <laughs> That's the first loaded question right there. Who am I? Exactly. Depends who, yeah, it depends who you talk to. Um, some people will have different opinions as to who I am. That's for sure. But the long and short of it is, is I'm an Alberta girl, born and raised um, most of my life. Uh, both child and adult was spent in northern Alberta. I grew up on the Peace River side of the province. And then um, when I was 19, I ended up in Fort McMurray and spent the most of my adult life there. And then 10 years ago, now I'm in the Edmonton area, just living in Sherwood Park. So it says it's what I love. It's all I know. It's it's home. It's what I'm I'm willing to fight for at every turn. And uh, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, if politics is how that was going to take place, I would have laughed in your face and said, no, absolutely not. You know, um, always paid attention, was always curious. I remember as a little girl one time watching the news with my dad back when the news was the news, right? Not what it is now. Yeah. And, and I was, I was, I was so fascinated. I, I don't even remember what specifically, but at the time it was the, the Pierre Trudeau was our prime minister, Trudeau senior. And I said to my dad, like, how do you become the prime minister? I understood enough that he was kind of like, you know, the top dog of the, of the country sort of thing. And that was about all I understood. But I asked him, how do you become the prime minister? And my dad said, oh, you have to become a lawyer and you've got to have lots of money. And he kind of had all of these, um, I don't know, all of these excuses and reasons as to why regular people couldn't just get involved. And so when he said lawyer and you had to have lots of money, I thought, oh, I'm in like grade three and I already hate school. So that's not going to work. <laughs> and, and, and lots of money. I just never, you know, I didn't, at that time, I didn't really have a concept of what that meant. So I sort of brushed it off as not going to be a career path and, but still paid attention. And even in grade seven, um, my grade seven teacher in peace service, she was so good. She did this uh, current events test every Friday. It was just 10 questions of what was going on that week and, and really instilled in us, right? Yeah, instilled I in us it. that importance of paying attention, what's going on, who's who. And she never let us know how she voted. Also something that you don't see now. You know, you didn't, yeah. I mean, you kind of knew by how she told stories or like she was very old school, kind of rough and tough and everything. But she was a very good teacher and made sure that that we knew what was going on in the world around us. And, um, and then life took some very, very different turns for me. And uh, anyways, God had a hand in, in bringing me, bringing me kind of back around full circle. And here I am at the ripe old age of 48 doing things I would have never dreamed of doing, even though I always just sort of had this strange interest in politics. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting how God kind of directs your path and, and basically tells you where where you're going to go and you can go there kicking or screaming, or you can, or you can go there and just follow what God wants you to do. So how did you come about knowing the Lord at what, what age and and how did that kind of affect your, your life? That's an, that's a really interesting story. Um, I, 
I don't ever remember not knowing. And I say that having, I grew up in a very non-Christian home. Like nobody ever said anything um, about the Bible, about Jesus, about God, about anything. But I always sort of had this knowing and this insatiable curiosity. And uh, I would ask, I would ask all kinds of questions, but nobody had any answers. And finally, my mom, I think she just sort of got sick of it and took me to church. She found, <laughs> she found this Baptist church in Peace River and, and it's still there. The building certainly looks much different, but it's still there. And, and they, they were quite happy to take me on Sunday mornings if she didn't have to go as well. So I'm like six years old and she would drop me off at church, leave me there, pick me up when it was done. And, uh, and, and that, that seemed to kind of scratch that itch, if you will. And everybody in the church was so good to me. Like they just took me right under their wing and, and they never judged me. They never judged her. You know, I think they were just so happy that, that she was, I don't know, that she just did that. Yeah. Um, and well, then for when, your mom for being willing to do that, like, yeah. Her. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's kind of it's a, it's a neat uh, a neat story, and um, unfortunately, it it didn't last for very long because when she died, she died when I was seven, and my dad would have no no part of kind of continuing that habit. He's like, nope, yeah. not doing it. And for whatever reason, I, I I don't know, but anyways, yeah. Um, so then, uh, so then I didn't go because nobody was taking me. And when you're seven and eight and nine years old, it's kind of tough to, to get yourself to different places like that. Um, And then as a teenager, I took myself to church for a little while. Uh, But then life really went in a not very good direction that didn't match going to church because, you know, too busy being hungover on Sunday mornings. So Um, then, yeah, fast forward a little bit further along and I was pregnant with my second child. And it was, it was, it was time. It was just time. And I woke up one morning and I got my, um, my first son ready, dressed up. My husband looked at me and says, where are you going? And I said, I think I'm going to church. And that was it. There was, there was no looking back. And that was in my very early twenties that that day happened. And uh, it's been a really, really rocky, bumpy, crazy road ever since that's for sure just really there's something to be said for working out your salvation with fear and trembling that's that's mm-hmm. real that's very real yeah and one thing that I, I always encourage christians to do is to get baptized and and have that that proclamation of your faith and and uh the some symbolism in it is that like you're, you're going in a dirty sinner and you're coming up out of the water clean and John the Baptist and, and Jesus, they had that, that sort of symbol, uh, symbolization or however you want to put it yeah, of, yeah. Uh, of when Jesus came into the water, he took all of our sins upon himself. And when he came up out of the water, he was clean and he'd washed all of our sins away. And then the same symbolism goes when he, died on the cross mm-hmm. and it's like you just you see the two of them tied together so that's one thing i like to encourage christians to do is to be baptized and and to realize that you know you're you're a sinner but jesus has made you clean and through jesus you become righteous yep 
And that's, that's the kind of experience I, I, I see kind of through, through your story is, is that, that, you know, you, you suddenly just realize, you know, the life I'm leading isn't what God wants. It isn't, it's a, it's a sinful life. And I need to, I need to find God. And for my family, I need to, to have that, that salvation. And and I see that, that moment in in your story is, is through that you're trying to help your family too. And, and I think that, that, that's, that's wonderful. So when you got into politics, what was it like being a Christian in, in, in politics? What were there hurdles that, that, that you came across in that time or, or because of the party you're in, was it just a, a little easier? Oh, I think because the party I'm in, it's probably not easier. Um, actually there's a, it's very strange because for whatever reason right now, there's, there's sort of this um, attitude, I guess, maybe is the word out there that Christians shouldn't get involved in politics, right? We've seen that the churches that defied the lockdowns and said, no, we're staying open. And then they chastised if we're standing up for their faith, right? So there's, there's supposed to be this disconnect between, between church and state. Yes. And there should be, but there should not be a disconnect between who you are and chooses you to walk in. And so as if it has been a challenge because there's sort of this expectation, if someone finds out that, that you're a Christian, well, then you're supposed to be like this pushover and, someone who's just nice all the time, you know, their definition of nice, by the way, <laughs> not, not necessarily, uh, you know, the legitimate definition of nice. And uh, you really have to be comfortable with who you are in your own skin. And that even that, if you are that person where, you know, at the end of the day, you can look in the mirror, you can be very comfortable and cool with who's looking back at you that's that's a very good spot to be in that that is where god wants you to be it is also a big challenge for the people around you for you to be in that space because it can make them uncomfortable a little bit and that's where the challenge comes in that's where the challenge comes in and and when you get into politics you, you are actually you find yourself in the literal cesspool of humanity it's where you're going to see people at their worst. Mm-hmm. I, I worked in addictions and mental health for 10 years. I thought I saw people at their worst at that time. And, and I had just the honor of, of kind of helping them walk through that. And, and, and many of them finally did, you know, see who they actually are in Christ, not who they think they are. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, then I got into politics and it's, it's almost worse and it's it's that same that same mentality where you see people at their worst, um, but they just they dress nicer and they look better, and and so there's this greater facade around them, um, and it's it's really quite sad. Yeah, I would agree. To get past this, like we're, right, we're just in this together. Like we're just. It's about people at the end of the day. And, and that's the biggest challenge is finding those folks that are like-minded in that regard where it's not us first, it's God first and then people and keeping that mentality going, not being corruptible, not being easily swayed, not, not 
ever worried about doing what you believe in your heart is the right thing to do, regardless of the backlash that you're going to get. That's the challenge. That's politics. Um, it's, it's doggy dog. It's nasty. It's yeah. nasty. Yeah. But, we see so many Christians that when they get into politics, they, they start faltering. Like they, Oh you, yeah. You can see the, the dishonesty starting to creep into them. So you're right. Politics is a bit of a cesspool right now. And, and it is like uh, you do whatever you can to d- destroy your opponent. It d- doesn't matter whether it's right to to um, say what you're saying or not, whether it's good. You, you're just saying it for the sake of saying it. And, and uh, society's reflected that now. Yeah. Because like politics, they go with whatever society it is and they try and appease society. And we've been seeing society spiraling. Well, our leaders should be an example, and I think we've we've lost that. They aren't an example, and part of that is because they don't have faith. There's so many politicians who just don't have faith. They don't believe in God, or if they believe in God, they just don't care about Christianity or any of that. We see Christianity being attacked by politicians now, like it's it's come down to it where it's, you know, you're going to do as we say, you're, you're going to perform this marriage, whether or not, whether or not you agree with, with the marriage or not, or else we're going to take your license or we're not going to make you a charitable foundation anymore. You're, you're losing that status because you're Christian. Well, if society is running like that and we're losing morality at the top, you can expect it's going to go down and society is going to go that way and that is exactly what what we're seeing um so i thank you for standing standing firm on that and uh <laughs> not being one of those that we see just spiral down because because I, I i've seen a lot of strength in, in in you and in the way that that you present yourself um and i think that is admirable especially yeah. for someone in politics thank um, you yeah it's From- it's tough right you see these people they're just people in politics are human beings they're just yeah. they're, you, you know jason Kenney, rachel notley justin trudeau christian freeland all the people that we just you know love to hate today because they're making our lives miserable mm-hmm. at the end of the day they're just people they yeah. and and unfortunately those four that i just mentioned they've allowed themselves to be elevated beyond what they ever should have and that's what's gotten them into trouble right? That humility is gone and the people are suffering. Yeah. And that's one of the things I respected with Brad Wall, who's now living in Alberta, but he used to be, he's from my area. um, And he was a Saskatchewan politician for a long time. And he was, he was honest. I I really respected him and he's gone out of politics and people have been saying, Oh, you should come back into politics. And he's like, I don't want to be back in politics. I don't want that life again. And, and I'm like, well, you know, good for him for taking that that stance. He saw kind of where it was going and he wanted nothing to, to do with it and said, you know what? No, because people were asking him to run for prime minister and stuff. And he's like, I don't want to. They were even throwing his in this conservative race. They were throwing his name out there. And he's like, I have no intention of running. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he knows, right? He, yeah. he knows firsthand, understands what's waiting on the other side of that. Well, exactly. And yeah. I think there is for, for people who especially are in that, that top prime minister position, there's so much pressure on them. And for someone who 
is a Christian, it would be incredibly hard because you are being attacked from all sides. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if they know you're a Christian, they're going to attack you for that too. And they're going to come after you even harder. Yep. And that's one thing that I think Lesson Lewis in her race, she has, she has that, that hurdle in front of her that, that she's a, she's, she's a woman of faith and she wants to stand firm in that. And that's going to be a, a tough thing for her going forward. If she, if she does get leadership of the party, it's going to be a tough thing. She's going to have that huge hurdle, especially since she's, she's pro-life. Um, like she, she, and she has all kinds of, of strong Christian foundations too. And, and for women in politics, I, I especially respect women in politics like yourself who being a woman doesn't make them any less influential that you can be whatever you want to be, no matter what gender you are. And I think we focus too much on gender these days, whether you're yeah. and race, like first black woman, first, first woman, first, like who cares? Exactly. You're, Thank you. You're <laughs> Thank <here>. you. Like, <laughs> And and I, I I hate it when I hear all the all these like first 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 first. I'm like I don't care what what your gender is. I don't care what your race is. I don't care what your religion. Just you're a human being. God yeah. loves you the same, and it shouldn't matter to us what you are or who you what you where you come from. Like I have I have native in my background. Like and and for people that they look at me like yeah right. You're, you're white. I'm like, I am white, but I do have native in my background, uh, BC native. It, my great grandmother was a native and she married a white person. <laughs> so it's like uh, people would see that and, and see being Métis as being like a, a disadvantage. And I'm like, I don't claim to be Métis. I, mm. I don't take any status. I don't have a status card. People are like, well, you should, you should go and get, get your Métis card. And I'm like, I could. But why? Mm-hmm. Does it matter what my background is? It doesn't matter. And it's the same with gender or the color of your skin. It doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. No. Can you do the job or not? If you can, great. Not if not. you can't, that's completely cool too. Let's go find you something else that you can do. You know, yeah. where where do you fit into the picture? And there's too much disconnect now because of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that that is part of the problem that we're seeing with society and, and the split and the divide in our society right now is, is because people are just like so focused on their gender and their race and, or, or being against religion. And it's like, where, where's the days where we could meet in the middle and we could have a conversation and we could discuss things as human beings. Mm-hmm. And it just, society has always put way too much focus on these things and and there's just too many barriers for people who who are women like there are barriers for people who are women um but there shouldn't be and it it shouldn't matter and and i really i I get so sick and tired of it when everybody is just so hyper focused on this and the hyper polarization of our society is reflected in in that exact thing that you know we're, we're so hyper focused on on ourselves basically and i would even actually i would i would just take exception a little bit if i can um with the barriers for women i i disagree with that okay and i I get in trouble for disagreeing with that and that's okay i don't mind um i i encourage the debate and i welcome it 
I'm not well, sure. I, I, I'm always open to. <laughs> so <laughs> I thank you. Disagree. I, I yeah. <laughs> I I don't think there's I don't think there's nearly the barriers that people like to believe that there are. I think what it is is we have completely lost focus on how to um, accept and appreciate the differences just simply between men and women. And that's, and, and, and for some strange reason that was fed to women as a barrier, those differences were fed. They're not, they're just differences. So for example, you're going to take um, women in business or women in politics, like take your pick, whatever women in something outside of the house basically is what that amounts to, right? Women in something outside of the house, not raising children. Um, do we have anything preventing us from, from doing the things that we want to do or are going places we want to go? No, I can go to university if I want to go to university. If I've got the ability and the brains and the, the chutzpah to graduate as some sort of an engineer, I can do that. I could go be a doctor, I could go be a lawyer, I could go be an accountant, I could be all sorts of things that I want to be. There's nothing that stops me as a woman from doing any of those things. Where some of the challenges come in, and I think this is where, um, where the, these barriers come up, is when we start to have kids. Well, who's the one that generally stays home? That it's was mom. That right? was the barrier I was thinking of, yeah. Right? It's mom. Well, is that like me, I've got two sons. They're both grown. One of them has now made, blessed me and made me a grandmother. Um, and you have beautiful grandkids, by the way. Thank Absolutely. you. Aren't they amazing? I, love seeing, I, know. I love seeing pictures of people's kids. Like it's just, <laughs> I know they're awesome. They're just all awesome. And so was me staying home with my children. And I did, I uh, was me staying home with my kids, raising them a barrier. No, no, I loved every minute of it. And I took it very seriously. I was raising the next generation. I was, and, and that was, that's a big deal. That's not a barrier. That's an obligation and a responsibility that is so, so outstanding. And we've lost sight of it. And we look around us and we see the fruit of that. We see yeah. the fruit of that, you know, and in order for me to have the freedom to be barrier free to raise my children, my husband worked like a dog so that we could balance that out. Now, I get it. Not everybody has that ability. And that's OK. That's all right. My kids that now have my grandson, they both work. And but yet because of the things that they have done to order their lives around. My grandson is in daycare maybe five or six times a month. Otherwise he's always with mom or dad. They figured out how to make it work. She didn't want to stay home, but they figured out how to make it work. There was no barrier there and they're doing just fine. And that little guy is doing amazing because at the end of the day, it's still predominantly mom and dad that are raising him. So there are no barriers. We were um, at one of the one of the camps that we've got vending machines at, and the guy there was making made a comment that some and there's a lot of times where with among the camp managers, the women are making less than the men, and he was feeling kind of bad for that. And I said, 
don't feel bad for that. I said, I'll bet you when you go in for your annual review, you don't have any problem saying, okay, my annual review came out really great. It looks like we've had a good year. Let's negotiate a bit of a pay raise. And he said, exactly. And I said, she probably won't. She won't. And it's true. We don't. As women, we're not very good at sitting down and uh, I guess advocating for our own selves and, and knowing what we bring to the table. So there's not barriers. We just haven't learn to kind of have that same level of tenacity that you guys have. Mm -hmm. I think um, I own two businesses. Sorry. I think where part of that comes in is, is that uh, typically um, women are more emotional, like that they, yeah. they think about, whereas men are more um, like it's logic, it's, it's reason and, and this, and I think that that gives them more of that, that stern thing. And women who I think are very successful and are great entrepreneurs yeah. think less with, with the emotions and they have that, that drive and that tenacity, like you say, yeah. to, to be like, no, this is the way it's going to be. And, and like you said, make those demands yeah. and, and stand up for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and I would actually maybe change the word barrier to blessing. Because yeah. staying home with your kids, I think it is a blessing. Like it's been a blessing for me that I'm home with my, for yeah. the past two years when my kids get home and yes, yes, I have a disability and that that's, that's why I've been home, but it's been a blessing too, that I've been able to be home when my kids get home that's and right. I get to see them and spend more time with them. Yeah. And, and it is, kids are a blessing. Kids are oh, amazing. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I love to, that's why I like to see pictures and with people with their kids because I'm like kids are amazing like they're they're god speaks but them in the bible be, and says we should all be like them mm -hmm. and and it's like kids just have that most kids have that like joy and and like they're just no matter what their situation you see kids in africa who are struggling and and they're in in like these dumps and yet you see them kicking around a ball and just playing and having fun and it's like we lose that as adults. Oh yeah. And, and we lose that, that focus that, you know, life should be, should be fun. We should, we should try to enjoy it and, and find the blessings yeah. that are in life and uh, maybe change the, like I said, the word barrier, maybe change that to blessing because it, it is a blessing and, 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 you know, God finds ways of, of making it work for us. Oh, he does. And, and yeah, my wife and I, we've been struggling financially, but you know, at the end of the day, God has still provided for us. He's at key moments. He's, he's provided enough money that, that you know, we can pay the bills yeah. and, and we can put food on the table, although food on the table is getting more and more expensive all the time. I know. Uh, or we're making less trips because of the gas prices, but like my wife's not, is no longer coming home for lunch, which means she basically doesn't get a lunch, which is sad, but it cuts a big chunk of the gas that, that we use out. Yeah. And you know, you you do what you can and God finds finds ways of providing for you. And and I think it's a faith thing, like and faith in politics. Like oh, you just yeah. have to have faith that, that God's going to provide for you and God's going to find a way to get you through this. And um if if you stand strong in your in your belief, God's gonna get you through your political situations and you might be able to influence policy and uh, in a positive hope way. So you hope so. Yeah. Yeah, you hope so. Um, 
and and you know if he <laughs> that's kind of the fun thing too is watching god work through politics people don't i mean that's like yeah it seems even strange to say that but it's true it, watching god work through politics and we've we've had some pretty tough meetings um at different at different times um over the last couple of years and as as a party one of the things that we do before our provincial board meetings i, I can't speak for the cas i'm not sure i don't i don't attend their meetings but as a as a party at the provincial meetings we open in prayer and not everybody on that board is a christian i promise you that mm -hmm. but they're respectful enough to go yeah okay this is this is something we um you know are the other parties doing that i don't know does that make us better than anybody else? No, but it does set the tone. And I firmly believe it has made a big difference, on, especially when we're tackling some pretty, pretty challenging stuff mm -hmm. that, that comes up. And it's going to be even more challenging, especially as we move into campaign mode here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think people, they don't think about Christianity and politics quite enough. Like it's just, no. it's, it's pushed out of their mind and, and they don't think about the fact that, well, God's placing these people in these roles. The, the, the leader of the party, like even Justin, Justin Trudeau, God placed him in that role. He's there for a reason, yeah. whether it's to make us as Christians stand strong together and, and learn to, to be united mm -hmm. um, or grow in our, in our, in our religion through being having some persecution now like we're seeing a little bit of that and getting a taste of that yeah. and is that going to make us stronger as christians yes yes it should because we grow through persecution and challenges we yeah. I, I refer to job and david and like you, you look at them and what did they all go through like the challenges they faced were immense or even joseph like all these people that are big biblical figures they went through challenges and god got them through it and we need to realize that yes we're having challenges but god still placed these leaders in place he knows what he's doing he has a plan yeah and i watched a really interesting documentary um the other day by uh dr de young i think his name was and he tells about how all these politicians have been put in place to fulfill prophecy and the different prophecies that have come to pass like israel being formed yeah. again because of who was in leadership so he's like god puts them in in where they are for a reason we may not see that reason right away but down the road you can see and and we need to just have faith that god is putting these leaders in place for a reason and giving us these challenges, allowing us to be challenged for a reason. Um, is, is God wanting there to be sin? No. Mm. But he allows it because we have choice. And we take that for granted so often in, in society, especially in North America here. We take oh, totally. having freedom of choice and that kind of, and we take it for granted and we, we've abused it. And uh, people always say that like that, oh, why would if there was a God, why would he allow that to be sin? Why wouldn't he have just allowed everybody to be in Eden? It's like, because that wouldn't be choice. We wouldn't be able to choose to love him and to follow him. Who wants to be, be a robot? Exactly. Like, really? How boring is that? Exactly. Yeah. And where would, where would the love be in that? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, you, you know, you bring up um, 
you bring up Joseph and you bring up David, you know, you could even extract, you can expand on that and, and think of Esther, right? It was another Esther, one who was just really uh, amazing. Um, yeah. Those are Old Testament heroes to us and, and to the Jewish people as well. Well, what are those three? Just those three. What do they have in common? Politics. Yeah. Politics. God used them in yep. politics, right? Go to the New Testament. Tomorrow is Good Friday. Yeah. What did God use to get Jesus on the cross? Politics. Politics. Yeah. Right? The Roman After, leaders and, and the Jewish leaders. and yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then you take that, you know, forward a few more years. And Paul. Loud mouth. Anchor. Paul. I will be going to Rome to meet the Pharaoh. Like the, I'm going to do it or not Pharaoh. Sorry. Um, Caesar. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to meet him. Like, he was so powerful in his faith. Yeah. He was getting involved in politics. He was going to make the rulers of that day contend with him. Yeah. John did the same kind of thing. John did the same asked. thing. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and how it ended for Paul and John and, uh, I'm not saying I want to. I want to no, see that, but so many of those leaders, like you see, I did research on just how they all died and where they died. Like it's amazing, yeah. they, like they were spread out everywhere. Yeah. And it just tells us that we should be getting the gospel ever, like the Great Commission. They took that dead serious. They really did. And one thing that I find ruins our society is the overeducation problem. Because I think I think we focus so much on education and getting a degree, and you have to be a degree in this and that, and to be even a church leader, like you need to have like your either a doctorate or or a master's or a bachelor's, or to teach it, you have to have all those things. And I'm like, there's a problem with that. Yeah. Because then, when you're so focused on education, can you actually apply it to real life? No. If I had to choose between someone who had like myself, one year of Bible school. And, and I do wish I had a little bit more than that, but one year of Bible school, but I've done a lot of self-studying for all my podcasts that I do. There's mm -hmm. tons of studying and I, I take words, um, um, devotions and stuff from David Jeremiah, mm -hmm. uh, or uh, I'm going through Paul C. John's book right now on, on John. And it, it, I take their knowledge and then I do commentaries on it. And trying to expand on that. And I think with overeducation, we get to the point where it's like, well, we have less respect for you in, in, the, in the Christian community because you don't have the education I have. You can't possibly right. teach. Your life experiences and what, what God is teaching with the Holy Spirit is to say, that means nothing. All that means something to us is your degree. Mm -hmm. Did you have to have a lot of Holy Spirit guiding to get that degree? Yes. But are you applying it afterwards? That's the question. Yeah. You can teach, you can teach all this stuff to people, but it, when they, at the end of the day, when they have it, are they actually living that faith? Are well, you still need a PhD in common sense to apply it. Yeah, exactly. And, right. Yeah. And, and these days it's like to be a secretary or office administrator. Sorry. Uh, you have to have your office admin degree. Yeah. Why? Yeah my wife has done that kind of stuff and she doesn't have that. She, and she learned it all on the job. Yeah. And I would take someone who learned it all on the job or has life experience over someone who studied for eight years and has no experience in the work field. I would take the person who has experience, but has less education. Yeah. 
that would be who I would choose. Uh, it's the same with like a lot of plumbing and then that kind of stuff. Like they, now they have to have so many, so much education and stuff. What about just learning from somebody watching like a mechanic? You just watched your father do it. If they were a mechanic and then you became a mechanic because you learned from mm. your father and they're gained their knowledge. Well, now they make it so you have to study it. Well, and it's the same with the pastors in church in Africa and Asia. Do they have to have when we're doing church startups, their doctorates, their PhDs, their bachelors. No, they just have to have a foundation in the word. They have to be following that and showing a good example and teaching from that. And we're okay with that. But then come to North America and we're like, don't you dare touch our, our Christians here. And it's like, well, are we better than them because of that? Hmm. No, I have more respect for, for African ministers and, and Asian ministers because they're a going through persecution, but B they have a strong foundation in, in just believing in God and believing that through that belief in God, they can teach others. Mm-hmm. And where did we see the biggest explosion in, in the Christian belief and foundation spreading? We saw it in times when they didn't have that education, like the original church, those, those pastoral leaders, they spread the gospel like wildfire. Yeah. And they were persecuted. And when they settled North America, those people didn't have that education. They just had a strong foundation in their belief in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and a belief that they could that they could make a difference. And it spread like wildfire. Were there challenges and hurdles along the way? Definitely. Yeah. Always. And I think we as Christians need to learn from that, that education, it doesn't mean what we think it means. Education is, is a big problem, I think, in, in our society, is that all these people are taught things in school that they necess- don't necessarily, um, isn't necessarily right. That they, that... Well, just, yeah, it just needs to get back to basics. Exactly. Like that's really it. You know, get, yeah. the, get the social justice warriors out of our schools. Get your value systems out of our schools. Like, it, yeah, just, it, that's just not read. the place. Just read math, science, legit science you know, history, not social studies. Like let's, yeah. let's learn history for and what it was. Why are you teaching our children about your relationship with, with your spouse? I don't care whether you're heterosexual or whether you're homosexual. Why are you discussing that with my children? I didn't know anything about my teacher's lives. Only- well, you know, it's funny when I was in elementary school, we had um, our English teacher. Well, no, we didn't. Was she an English teacher? Yeah, she was an English teacher. So we had our homeroom teachers. Right. And then there would be different teachers to do different, different yeah. subjects throughout that. And it was probably my third year in that particular school because it went four to six. The first one went grades kindergarten to three and then four to six and then seven to nine in high school. So it's grade four to six. It wasn't until my grade six year that I figured out that my English teacher was married to our vice principal. <laughs> well, it's they, they have the same last name. I'd never put it together. And I was like, well, oh, isn't that? Like, it's because it's not, it wasn't discussed. Like, like no. it wasn't something you brought up. And why should it be discussed? Exactly. Like, I, knew my, I knew my teachers were married usually because of Mrs. or Mr. I'm not sure what age I figured out what, what having Mrs. or Ms. in front of your name or yeah. was. It was like, so funny but, to me. 
we knew they were married, but they never discussed their married life or their family because it has nothing to do with what you're, you're learning. So nothing. why do these people think that in school that it needs to be something that they're teaching and presenting? Well, yeah. why do I care that, that you're married to a man? Or that you're married to a woman. I don't. Well, and these are some of the reasons. Yeah. And these are some of the things why we get into politics, right? Like there's some people that get in, yeah, to make changes one way. And then there's ones that get in to make changes the other way. And then essentially it's up to the electorate to decide, okay, well, which which way do we want to go? And there we go back to that free will again, right? Which way do you want to go? We've got this party that says this and this party that says that. And and then take it from there. And God's going to honor the people's decision at the polls. Yeah. And that's the truth. Yeah. Whether it's the right decision or the wrong decision, he's going to honor it and the people are going to live by it. So. Yeah. Well, and sadly there's that hyper polarization we were talking about before, where it's just, you're either one side or you're the other and there's no middle ground. And um, well, why don't we just get back to discussions that are, focused on the kids education or or mm-hmm. discussions that are going to move us forward a, a, as a society yeah. and not divide us yep. because the divide that that splits so much now is almost like like you, you just can't meet the, the, there's no meeting there's no discussion you can't have that discussion um, don't talk about this if you talk about this you're going to get banned well why is that i got banned off linkedin I'm back on now because I had to create another account, but they banned me off. Like, it, was right. the same with my, it was the same with my Twitter ban and yeah. having, to, uh, having to name drop politicians in order to get unbanned. Well, and the, sun, the, the, the saddest part of it was that I had, I had give, been given a couple of warnings that I ignored. And, uh, and then the, the straw that broke the camel's back was when I said, oh, would you look at that? Um, Alberta has the dubious honor of being the first province most conservative province in confederation to put pastors in prison what a legacy you know um and that was it and as soon as i hit post i was like i'm giving it 15 minutes and i'm toast <laughs> i was right i think it was 20 but you know <laughs> yeah, i wasn't given a warning i was just i was just banned permanently and i was like seriously yeah yeah, I, I wasn't. Yeah. And they don't tell you either. They just you don't you just don't get the notifications and you kind of go, mm, what's going on? You know, and then you yeah. go to log in and it says this account has been permanently suspended. And yeah. it's just like, what? Really? And then I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, I did this post the other day and there was a big argument about, oh, that's probably what got me banned. But why didn't I get a warning? Well, and even like what a terrible world we're in now. And and one of the reasons why people make up often things like you're going to censor me for my my opinion my opinion doesn't hurt anybody yeah my my or it shouldn't i mean if it does that's actually not my fault like if you're doing something that physically hurts somebody or oppresses them or whatever that's different but my opinion on something if you don't like it then don't follow me don't yeah you know don't move on get over yourself and go we need to be able to have those discussions yeah yeah and there needs to be that that discussion and places like twitter are have been just such a hate fest and it's just like how much hate can we spew and it's just like well why and so i'm sharing messages of love yeah That's but it's safe on there, right? Because you're not actually face to face. It's the same with like these last two years doing every meeting in Zoom. 
oh my gosh, I'm over it. Like, yeah. I mean, there's, it's, you know, it's, it's fine. There's a time and a place, but when you're having a very tough conversation in person, there's a very different um, tone yeah. to it than on zoom. Yeah. Well, you can right? look in their eyes a little bit better because the eyes tell you so much like yeah body language all of it right yeah like you need all of that to get it yeah yeah Yeah. and then there's also not the threat that if you say something like really really off that somebody's gonna jump across the table right like (laughs) so it just yeah we need to get back to that we need to that's why i wish i had the budget to fly people around or to uh, go myself and meet in person because I would love to just go to meet in person. But it, it to me, it's zoom is, has, has been a great tool that way. Oh, it's great. But I think society, it, yeah, it has its place. It's just, yeah. Society is just so online now. Yeah, Everything is online and we need to get back to like person to person conversations and everybody seems to be okay with them. Now they're talking about metaverse and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, and being hooked up to, to metaverse, getting a chip implanted. And, and they're like, that's yeah. the wave of the future. I'm like, why would I want a chip implanted that connects me to a metaverse where it's not real? No, I want realism. I, I would never get a chip implanted in the first place because of my Christian beliefs. But I, I just think it, it takes away from society. Like in technology done so much of that where it's not, we're not having in-person conversations. We're not talking to people. We're, no. we're typing online. We're spewing hate online. It's like, no, it's like, that's why I want to share messages of hope and, and love and get people's testimonies and, and show people like there's hope. And no matter what walk of life you're in, you can be a Christian and you can stand firm in your beliefs. And part of being a Christian is to have that, that faith and, and hope in Jesus Christ and to have love. And, and that's like, like when I was attacked on, on, on uh, one of the platforms here, I won't mention the platform, but when I was attacked on on this platform for, for my beliefs that we're male or female, that I just, all I responded after I let them spew the hate was no matter what, how much hate you spew, you were loved. Mm -hmm. And that ended the conversation. And I'm like, well, that's kind of sad too, that, that just saying that they're loved ended the conversation. Why does love end a conversation? Yeah. Because they don't know what to do with it. And that's the. Exactly. They'd rather hate. Yeah. And they would, they would rather have anger. Yeah. And it's like, no, we need to to have just calm discussions. You can disagree on things and have a calm discussion. Yeah. And, and I believe God directs those discussions before I have any kind of, podcast or anything i always i always do a prayer lord speak through me mm-hmm. let it not be my words but yours yeah and and i think that is important that we need to focus on, on letting god speak through us and if he's speaking through us it should be coming across as love and not hate and anger and we're yeah. seeing that divide in church now because of because of that too like churches are letting the anger divide them and it's like well it's usually little issues that are dividing them why? True. I think too, though, there comes a time and I've been learning how to recognize this. I don't always get it right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there comes a time when God also calls us to turn over the temple tables. Yeah, he does. And 
that is anger. It's a righteous anger, but it's, 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 um, it is certainly an expression yeah. of not of anger and not a calm conversation. Yeah. And, and when that comes across though, we need to, again, be focusing on letting God direct that because yeah, God, there, there are times when the Bible says God was angry yep. and God was jealous. Yep. And, and these are all things that have negative connotations now in, in society, but there are there, like you say, there's a time and a place for it. Yeah. Cause there's been meetings where, you know, it was not calm. I was not calm, <laughs> but, but I was probably turning over some temple tables. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, or conversations where, you know, I really, I was just really, my, my convictions were strong on something and I'll dig in my heels. But it doesn't come from a place of hate. And I think that that hate being behind a lot of that anger is where we have all of our issues coming from in society. Yes. Yes. Because it's not like, like debates aren't always calm. I fully realize I love a good debate. And my family, we would get heated debates on politics. And I would sometimes take a position I didn't actually stand for just so I could get underneath their skin and yeah. and, and have that debate because I love debate. So yeah. if I can disagree with somebody or say something that that's maybe going to gonna get that little bit of a trigger uh, out, of, out of the family so I can have a debate. Mm-hmm. My, my stepmom and I, we debate and then the rest of the family just walks out because we're debating back and forth. And then afterwards, yeah. I'll laugh and I'll be like, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> But and it was she, fun watching you. Yeah. And, and then she'll look at me yeah. and she's like, you. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't had yeah. one of those in a long time because of my because of my anxiety issues. Mm. But it's like some it, they're fun and they don't come from a position of hate. They come from a position no. of love. That's right. And, and and there's love behind that. Where it's like I, I love a good fun debate and yeah. and uh it gets you thinking. And if I can be that that opposition to that just for the sake of getting you thinking i'll do it yeah and and, at the, and then at the end of the day it's like then i'll admit well you're right <laughs> i've also been in debates um and and some of them have gotten pretty pretty heated and then at the end of it someone you know will will say something to me and i'll be like ah yeah my bad you were completely i was wrong on that Uh, so you know and yeah and and i think that's that level of maturity when and it's funny right because depending who you're talking to just that admission of saying yeah you know what i was wrong you were right thanks for bringing me back around to seeing this for what it is that messes with people's heads it's like you're open-minded you're actually open-minded not the open-minded society says yeah 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 and you're not you know like we we live in this world where you admit wrong and some somehow that's weakness. It can, yeah. Nothing can be so stupid. Yeah. Um, that's like our barriers discussion that we did that, that we had. Yeah, and yeah. and it's like you convinced me. You're right. They're, they're blessings, they're not barriers. Yeah. And 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 you know, and the hurdles in life make you stronger, I think. Oh, it does. And, and you know, everything you learn you in this hurdles. Yeah. And everything that, that you do in this chunk of your life or this season. God is going to take that and use it for the next season. And then you're yeah. going to grow some more and you're going to use it for this season. Like if you don't allow him to, to order your steps, you're never going to get to where you're supposed to go. Yeah. And well, I if promise you, you, if he gave you a map, you wouldn't get out of bed. Cause you're like, yeah. uh-uh, I'm not going there. Like, you know, it just, you can't do it that way. Yeah. Well, and I think 
too, like we just, we want the easy way. Mm. And, and so we don't, we don't want to take those, those hurdles that God puts us through those challenges in life. We don't want them. No, they hurt. They're not. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the, you get to the end and you're like, okay, I see what, I see what you're trying to teach me. I get it. I get it. And I think in our Christian relationship, relationship with, with God and Jesus Christ, I think if we get to the point where we think we know it all, we've made a big mistake. And, oh, you will get knocked off that pedestal yep. so quick. You won't even see the hand of God coming. Yep. It, it's like, <laughs> it's like, I, I respect what um, the guy who runs the daily wire, I, I respect what he's doing yeah. and, and, and creating this alternate society, but there's a problem. He used to be a pastor and now he refers himself, refers himself as the God King. I see a problem with that. Who's that? Um, what's his name? Jeremy. Oh, if you look at the Daily Wire, it's the guy okay, who runs I'll look it. it up. Yeah, he's the actual one who runs it. He his name is Jeremy, and he has Jeremy's razors now instead of Harry's razors. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a. Um, good he's actually thing. a hilarious man. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was awesome. That was a but, good play. But I have a problem problem with his name, like just referring to himself as the God King. I think uh-huh. you're at a place where you think too much of yourself. Now, yes, you think you're being funny, but referring yourself as God is is a major, major mistake. And, you know, I was considering submitting a, a take to them to maybe get on, on their show and everything. But then I look at his God King name and I'm like, do I want to be associated with someone who refers himself as God King, even in jest, even if that's only a joking name, do I want to be associated with someone who thinks of themselves as God, even in joke? Well, maybe if that is what God wants you to do, and that's the part that you've got to discern, right? Like he, he calls us to go to places that are going to challenge us, or they are going to maybe make us a little bit uncomfortable or a lot uncomfortable. Um, places that others maybe won't go because, um, you know, well, that doesn't align with, with my values or that doesn't align with, with my with my faith or whatever. So they just won't do it, even though mm-hmm. God is going, yeah, but I want to use you there. Like you, I need you to go there. It, so I just put that out for you. Yeah. That's good. Viewpoint. Yeah. So thanks for coming on. I think we've had a wonderful discussion. It uh, was, went all the way around the world and back again. Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and that's exactly what the kind of discussions I want to have with people is these, these kind of converse just conversations that are, that are just casual, let it go where, wherever God wants it to go and let God lead it. And um, yeah. I didn't ask every single question I'd written down because I think, honestly, I think our conversation was better than the questions I had, I had written down. So oh, good. it's, I think that that was fantastic. So thanks for coming on. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll have you on another time and in the future here and we'll have some more discussions because uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really great. It was fun. Awesome. So, I hope so. It was a good time. Thank you. So uh, with that, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in here. Uh, We'll have more guests on in the future.